You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Not of the Scribe. Have a couple of Twitter comments. Kind of want to get to towards the end of the show today. Also, ESPN NBA draft analysts have their opinion on who the best bigs in the NBA draft are. So do theirs match up with our opinions on it? We'll talk about that in the second segment. But we lead off with what we talked to you about yesterday. The fact that the Locked On Podcast Network is doing yet another mock draft. Mm -hmm. Not it's hilarious that ever since Doug what started to be an authority figure with the lockdown podcast network. I feel like we've had about five or six NBA mock drafts. Do you feel the same? Oh, easily, easily. <laughs> and you know, you know, it's his idea. Like yeah. he's again, he's like Tyrone Biggums itching at the skin. He's like, got any more mock drafts? Let's do another mock draft. <laughs> exactly. We're going to probably do another- the hell out of it. He needs to take care of his neck because he's yeah. scratching the hell out of it. And he's been rewarded with it all. David Locke comes in. Hell, this is a great idea, Doug. Fantastic. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, David. This is a great idea. People do love the mock drafts, but you are getting played from Doug because he is just that friend that tells you he's going to quit. This is he's for real this time. Mm -hmm. He promises he's gone through rehab and he's good. And then eventually he uh, gets one over on everybody. Yeah. Just, just one more mock draft and I'll be fine. And David Mm -hmm. Locke just keeps giving him the supply. Nada. Yeah, exactly. No, like Doug is Pookie from New Jack City right now. This is bad. I like I like how you're naming a bunch of different addicts. I lo- I love it. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, he's just like again. The, the mocks just keep calling me, Walker. They just yeah. keep calling me. Oh my god. Well, we we fell for it too. I mean, I don't know if it's us falling for it. We just kind of have to abide by it. And here we are. They are a lot of fun though. Yeah, and they are. we're doing that again. So make sure you check out all the shows that the Lockdown Podcast Network has to offer. If you want to hear what Chicago is thinking with the fourth overall pick after we select. Go Go check out Locked On Bulls. You can check out all of the top 10 teams, all the lottery teams, and and see what they're thinking with their individual selection. We're going to tell you what we were thinking with the third overall selection. So as Minnesota was selecting number one, Mm -hmm. they did reach out to us, as did Golden State. We're going to get to a couple of the trade options that we had at our disposal. But just to go in order of how this draft played out, Mm. Number one, the Minnesota Timberwolves selected LaMelo Ball in the Lockdown Podcast Network mock draft. Then for number two, Golden State, they actually decided to select one Anthony Edwards, something that nobody is projecting. So right off the rip, after all of these LaMelo Ball comments we're getting that he's slipping in the draft and the fact that Anthony Edwards just does not fit with Golden State, What do you know? That's the first two selections, at least in this mock draft that we have. So I can already go ahead and say that I don't think this is going to be realistic. I don't think this is something uh, that Ben Beacon of of Locked On Timberwolves and or um, Wes Goldberg of Locked On Warriors. I don't think they were picking based on what they think their team is going to do. I think they were doing this based on who they want for that franchise. Mm -hmm. So then it was our turn. Nada. And here, like I said, we were contacted by Minnesota. And Minnesota, um, we just couldn't figure out a deal. There was nothing that I think, you know, would have made sense for us they to jump up much. two spots. 
They, they right. quite honestly, they asked for too much from, well, from Min- my Minnesota. Opinion. Yeah. Minnesota, you know, reaching out, just seeing what we were interested in and we weren't interested in moving up two spots and then golden state actually came in with an offer right off of the bat, rather than just seeing where we were golden state asked if we wanted number three or number two in exchange for the third overall pick. Yeah, we decided no to that three, three miles bridge to three miles bridge because miles bridge is it's too much. I, I think it is too, especially in this draft class, and they'd be asking for more in another draft class. But number three in Miles Bridges, I just think that was a fair ask right off the rip. But still, I am comfortable taking the consolation prize, staying home with Miles Bridges. We've given you those takes quite a bit. Maybe in a different time we could have explored, but we decided to stay home. Mm-hmm. And at number three, Nada, we select USC big man Anyeka Okungwu with James Wiseman still there to be had. Now, I know we've talked about this quite a bit too. We would both take Okungwu given the fact that Okungwu is someone that allows you to be bad again. You have a guy that is so so versatile defensively. Um, and I know you just flat out like him more than James Wiseman. I, let me ask you this because I know your evaluation on the two. Do mm-hmm. you think that the Charlotte Hornets, if it was between those two, would select Nyeka Kongwu? Do you think that this was the most realistic pick of the first three that we saw? And do you think that this is realistic just evaluating it within itself? To be quite honest, I there. I, this is a two-part answer. I do think it's a realistic possibility. I didn't a week ago. Yeah, I didn't, especially with everything that you heard. And then you started hearing counter rumors. And it's literally, you're just trying to figure out, again, you're playing whack-a-mole with NBA draft rumors, unfortunately. So I would say like a week ago, I wouldn't have believed that they would go a Kongu over Wiseman. The more I think about it, the more information I'm learning, the more I really think it is re- realistic. But there's a part of me that has also said multiple times, you take the athlete, and you trust Greensboro to mold him. We've seen it done a couple of times now. I can see them saying that to themselves. This is why you have the player development staff that you have. So I'm going to say I am 65%. They will, they will pick a Kongwu over Wiseman. But that 35% is looming large in my head. <laughs> yeah. And so large to me, in fact, I would say that this is not what the Charlotte Hornets would do. We've talked about this. Yeah. I think that the Charlotte Hornets would select James Wiseman if the draft fell this way. In fact, I imagine that in a realistic, perfect scenario in Mitch Kupchak's realistic, perfect scenario, I think it falls borderline exactly how it falls here, except maybe Anthony Edwards and James Wiseman being there for the choosing. And I don't think he cares so much about Anthony, even though it's been reported that's their plan B. I think they would love to take James Wiseman at number three overall without giving up any assets. I should start thinking more so. I think that they absolutely would be fine taking a Kongwu if trade discussions didn't materialize with the first two picks. And then it was just a Kongwu with Wiseman and Edwards off of the board. Then I think it's realistic to, for them to take a Kongwu. Um, I, I mean, and I, I think it's realistic. Maybe that's not the word. I just think that they're very much so going to choose Wiseman over a Kongwu if the two are there for the choosing. Now, we do have another trade that was proposed to us <laughs> once we made the pick for a Kongwu. So apparently, Locked On Spurs and Jeff Garcia really are interested in Anyeka Kongwu. 
so much so that they reached out to us, Nada, and the offer that they proposed to us was giving us the number 11 overall pick in this NBA mock draft, as well as DeMar DeRozan, which was very interesting, asking if we would eat DeMar DeRozan's contract and the 11th overall pick Mm -hmm. so they could go get the USC big guy. Mm -hmm. Now, when you pull up the contract of one DeMar DeRozan, he's got one year left on his deal, Yep, a player option for 2020, 2021. You would expect him at 27.7 million and you would be free of him in 2021 and 2022. So if you were to just, just get DeMar DeRozan to help you out or to, to help the books out after one year, then okay. But you're getting a rookie scale contract. You're giving up a rookie scale contract in Inyeka. I know you're getting one in 11. But you're, mm-hmm. you're giving up a guy that does have high upside that is worthy of being the number three overall pick. And you're taking on a 31 year old that you're hoping is gone. Just trying to clear cap room when honestly, nada, it's not a guy. It's, this is not a team that you're desperate to move off of, of cap room. I mean, you've got plenty of it and you're not taking on this contract. It just, it didn't make sense to me. And, And the other thing is DeMar DeRozan actually for all of the analytics that are so against him, and look, we know DeMar DeRozan can score the basketball. It's it's a it's a I just don't want him on the team that looks to contend or him to be on the other side of the rebuild. One, because he's old Two, he doesn't play the modern way. But also, I do think that he would give this team more wins, but not enough to actually matter. And all he would do is mess up the rebuild process. It didn't make a lot of sense. Not I know you agree with me. Uh, look, at this point, here's the here's the thing with, with all of this that I don't seem to understand is if you're giving us, again, the, probably the best defensive center in, in the draft this year at a rookie-scale contract, don't you think you probably need to offer more than what you did? Yeah. Like, I, I, again, I want credit for basically just saying, you know what, dog, we're going to pass. Because you know <laughs> what I wanted to say? I wanted to laugh. I wanted to call this guy again. And he, he again, he's a colleague of ours, so I'm not going to insult him here or there. But I wanted to laugh, Walker. I wanted to make fun of him. And I wanted to say, that's the best you can do. Literally. Really. That's the best. Um, not, no no first round picks, so, no second round picks, no young players that we, mu- we hold might Hold on, hold on. We're done with this, Nada. Don't look back in the past. Look forward, not in the rearview mirror. Although I do want to address one other thing. Maybe if we weren't trying to move through this mock draft quickly and maybe had some time to kind of go back and forth and counter offer and talk about something. I know that you mentioned the Spurs yesterday when we were kind of doing the draft day scenario as Rick Bennell called us out for on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, throwing out all these different scenarios. It, I know the Spurs were interesting to you. If maybe we had more time and we weren't, you know, I, I was actually doing, um, you know, some more post-production and recording some stuff for the, the morning show. But if maybe we had more time being the point, we could have asked, okay, what do you think about this? Maybe a Kelvin Johnson and, um, you know, or a Lonnie Walker and something else a little bit more substantial. Like, I wonder if there could have been something negotiated or gotten closer. But yeah, it just, it was no dice here for the Spurs when mentioning this trade proposal in exchange for a Kongwu. Not only just three, right? Like the, the Spurs clearly, at least in Jeff Garcia's eyes, he really wanted a Kongwu. 
but no dice for him off of this uh, proposal. ESPN NBA draft analysts also think highly of Anyeka Okongwu, and I'll get to their opinions in just a moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Built Go. It comes from the makers of Built Bar, and whether it's a mental or physical wall, you can break through it with Built Go, the best physical workout gel out there on the market. It's a five-hour energy work. Uh, it's, excuse me, a five-hour energy without the same kind of crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body automatically. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine, and you get better results. You got three delicious peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and or chocolate mint. It combines energy gel with collagen protein, and it promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff not only makes you feel better, you actually look better when you take Built Go. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go to the second segment and talk about ESPN Draft Analyst Opinions on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Have you ever had that one little bug that's just like, it's not completely out, but it's like kind of dangling in there, and then you try to sniff it back up to go away for good, but it just, it'll, it'll keep popping back. That's what I'm going through right now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Big men are all the rage in this year's mock draft towards mm-hmm. the top, not as there's two guys that are very enticing and the Charlotte Hornets just so happen to be at the center of the rumors of both of them. So the ESPN releases rankings of a few NBA draft analysts that they have, and it's the NBA draft debate. Who are the best bigs? Jonathan Gavoni comes out and says that Anyeka Kungu is number one. Mm-hmm. Wiseman is two. Mm-hmm. Obi Toppin is his third ranked big. Precious okay, Achua is the fourth ranked big. Mm-hmm. And Alexi Pokasevsky. I think I nailed it. Pokasevsky is the fifth ranked I big on Gavoni. <laughs> is Gavoni's uh, top five big guy list. When you go to Mike Schmitz, um, who always puts out these great uh, videos of him interviewing and kind of watching film with these prospects. He, he's he got a Kongu and Wiseman one and two, just like Gavoni. He also has Obi Toppin three. So Gavoni and Schmitz have each of the top three as the same. But Schmitz, where Gavoni goes Achua, uh, Mike, Smith, uh, Mike Schmitz goes Jalen Smith, and then uh-huh. he puts Achua at number five. Kevin Pelton, his is actually way different. So what Kevin Pelton says is he's actually got James Wiseman number one. He's got Anyeka Kungwu number two. He agrees with both the previous rankings about Obi, Obi Toppin being number three. And then he's got Xavier Tillman, who's not expected to go until late first and early second. Number four, Jalen Smith comes in fifth at Kevin Pelton's rankings. I really like Xavier Tillman. I was just more thinking of a 32nd overall pick. Yes. And anywhere that would, uh, the Hornets would be realistically selecting unless they trade up and you get the idea. I do like Xavier Tillman though. Mm-hmm. So here's just a few things that they talked about when discussing why each of these uh, players are where they are. Says, I don't feel strongly either way about Wiseman versus a Kongwu, but would lean toward Wiseman as being the better prospect and dependent of fit. You go to Gavoni. He says, Schmitz and I have expressed considerable skepticism around Wiseman's candidacy as the number one pick in the draft for the better part of two years now, while Pelton rightfully points to his somewhat underwhelming showing on the Nike EYBL circuit. Wiseman's senior year of high school was equally unconvincing. And he also said that he had a few pedestrian showings against better competition. Schmitz 
would say, of course, I'm with Jonathan. Akungu is one of the best 19-year-old pick-and-roll defenders I've ever evaluated. While he can switch on to guards in a pinch, I'm more impressed by the nuance he already displays defending and drop situations, playing the bluff and recover game that often takes elite bigs years to master. If we were to separate the style of defenders that each James Wiseman and Anyeka Kungwu are, we've been kind of going with, if you want the more versatile guy that can switch, it's a Kungwu. If you want somebody to be the anchor and drop coverage, then it's Wiseman. But I think when you're talking about who can go in the other's world, that's kind of the line of what Gavoni and uh, Schmitz are agreeing to here. Um, and so they would go with the Kungwu. Nada, they would agree with you. Yeah, like here's the thing. When you have people saying advanced defensive knowledge, like, again, think it's not that hard to think about. We're overthinking this as much as much as you can be tantalized with a whole bunch of physical gifts. At some point, you got to have the mental acuity to play the game. And I hate using mental acuity and I hate doing that. But at the same time, this is one of those times where, hey, this guy is that good at 19. And he's only going to get better and he's only going to be in an NBA weight room that much longer. He is going to be a, a crucial piece. I'm just happy everybody else, like all the mainstream media, is coming back to where we were, Walker. That's where I am. I'm happy that, again, we're right. Everybody's coming right back to the mic like a Steve Harvey and Kings of Comedy right now. Well, I'm going to show a little bit more humility than you do because, one, that's just kind of our roles here. But also, I'm not exactly so sure that I'm 100% certain that Kung Wu is the guy. Like, I, I'm still I'm still scared. I get the idea, you know, when Nick Denning posed that question to us yesterday on Twitter, you know, I, I get the idea of going with a Kung Wu, just having someone that might not have the higher ceiling, being bad, getting another draft pick next year, getting a, a star wing, and having someone that you know – um, you know, maybe even has a higher floor just defensively. Like it, it's it's going to be pretty hard for Kongwu to come into this league and fail defensively in a moderate NBA. The times where he'll struggle is against these monstrous dudes. So, you know, point noted, but it's going to be hard for him to come in and completely fail defensively being a guy that can be involved in the pick and roll. He does have nice touch, even though I think, again, he's going to struggle with those floater shots and post moves against guys that are taller than him. Mm -hmm. I still just think it's going to be hard for a Kung Wu to fail. I think that there's um, a shot that Wiseman does come in here, especially if he did not show up against good and great competition on the senior uh, in a senior year of high school. And even on the circuit, you know, I think, uh, and I'll go ahead and take the safer bet, even if I understand, man, you are passing on a guy that has some kind of unicorn type capabilities and, and you know, maybe isn't the one that's going to take you off the dribble on the perimeter, but does have some touch and is seven one and is crazy athletic. I, I'm, I'm with you, though, overall, like I, I'm mental, mentally wrestling myself here with all of these prospects. It's, it's the hardest draft to me on, you know, where I where the hell I want to go. But it, I, I agree with you, Nada. I think Kongwu is the guy. I don't see how this is that hard, though. Like, this is not, like, I get why people love the tangle. Because Wiseman's got a lot there, man. That's why it's so hard for me. Yeah, no, again, he, I'm not denying that he's got, he doesn't have a lot there. But if you're going to take, and I guess this is where I'm at also, if you're telling me that, we again, that the Charlotte Hornets are going to pick between a tantalizing guy, guy that might be a star if it all works out, then I'm not drafting Wiseman at all. I'm drafting LaMelo Ball if he's there. That's the thing that bugs yeah. me, I think, more about this. Because if this is going like everybody else is, is talking about, and you have your choice between 
possibly Onyeka Kongwu, James Wiseman, and LaMelo Ball. If those are the three that are available, if I'm going to take a swing at someone, and not not like a physical swing, but if I'm going to take a swing on talent, I'm taking a swing on LaMelo Ball. I'm not doing it um, with you, Speaking of LaMelo Ball, more rumors about him, a certain team that he met with, and there's a team that he met with that might want to move up in the NBA draft to select him. How might that affect the Charlotte Hornets? We'll talk about that in the last segment of the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. But when he showed in Summer League, comma, a Euro step into a windmill during a game, end of comma, oh, could yeah. put him on the radar of a radar, <laughs> a radar. Me, of all NBA. Yeah, on the radar. On the radar <laughs> of all NBA fans as a nightly highlight producer. Yeah, you're Charlotte, you're Charlotte coming out there. Yeah, I'm from come from uh, Catawba County. Could so, put him on the radar. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Nada, you brought up LaMelo Ball. Let me ask you this before we kind of dive into the latest thing surrounding LaMelo. If the draft fell this way again, if you had a Kung Wu, Wiseman, and Ball on the board, you know, with all the rumors that we've been hearing about him, are you still taking a Kung Wu? Like, has a Kung Wu grown on you so much that you would take a Kung Wu over LaMelo, or are you still taking LaMelo at three if the board fell that way? I'm going to continue to repeat this probably for the next two weeks. Uh-huh. I am, again, the skills that he has defensively, the knowledge that he has defensively, the concepts that he knows, offen- again, defensively, all of that are superstar qualities. We just don't look at them because they involve defense. I like a Kongwu. And, and the other thing is, and this is something we said, I've said over the week, this is a, if you weren't worried about chemistry, if this wasn't year one where you absolutely needed to nail this and get a cornerstone, I would absolutely be one of those folks that's, that would be screaming more so for LaMelo Ball. You can't do it, though. You can't. Like, yeah. I want to. You, you can't draft him. Not um, if you're unsure. So the news surrounding LaMelo is the fact that he did drop. Um, he has been dropping because of the interviews, and they have not been good, apparently. But uh, we do know that he met with the Detroit Pistons, and Troy Weaver says, the general manager of Detroit, that moving up is definitely an option. One possible target has been training in the team's backyard as ESPN fans Eric Wood, Eric Woodward, uh, Wordyard writes, God almighty, I can't talk. Backyard throughout the pandemic. Top prospect LaMelo Ball, whose mentor and manager Jermaine Jackson Sr. is a former Piston and Motown native, is what Eric Woodyard writes. There we go. I got it that time. So, yeah, so he's been working out with Detroit. Maybe Detroit would call. Uh, Charlotte to see if they'd be trading back, even though there are no rumors that Charlotte is interested in trading back. It's all about going forward to possibly take a Wiseman. Um, you know, maybe that would be something that's interesting, not a continuing to play the draft day scenarios. I look at Pistons payroll. I look at all the things that they have player wise. There's just not anybody that I'm crazy interested in to move back to seven, unless you're talking extra first round picks and extra picks. And then I'll be talking to you, you know, like maybe a Bruce Brown. Maybe. Mm -mm. I want more picks. I want Detroit's picks because they're always picking pretty decently high. I don't expect them to have a crazy bright future. And that would be pretty valuable to me. Going back to seven isn't all that bad. You might even have a shot at a Kongwu at seven too. Uh, you know that would be pretty enticing if they came offering picks. What do you think? I don't think a Kongwu makes it past five. I don't think he. I honestly do not think a Kongwu makes it past five. 
I think if you were if you were trading back, you were hoping Wiseman falls to you. That's what you're hoping for. I do not trust. I do not trust a Kongwu, and I think you're. I, I think you're also putting yourself at at a place where if you're draft if you're trading back for one of the bigs and trying to get more assets, you are obviously risking the Wizards to jump ahead of you. And that's the other thing. I don't yeah. think you get either big. I think if you're going to do that, it better be again the the lowest you can drop maybe is five for one of them. I, I think what you would worry about is Cleveland at five more so than anything, because and and that's that's where Cleveland is selecting right at five. I think you're probably yeah. right to land there because I don't think Chicago takes Inyeka when you're all. You mean they don't need any more power forwards, okay? Like yep. they've already got Wendell Carter, they've already got Laurie Markinen. They're talking about trading one of them, not adding another big that mostly is five is four or five. Like they're not going to do that again. So Chicago looks like it's Avdia. And, um, you know, I think even in the mock draft, I don't want to give up too much of how it played out. But anyways, they did not. If they couldn't take a Kongwu, I don't think they would. Then you're looking at Cleveland right there where all they do is just draft hard. So you can even go back to last year's draft. Mm-hmm. They get Darius Garland. They get Kevin Porter Jr. They get a Dylan Windler, I believe, in the second round after already having Colin Sexton on the roster. Anyeka Kongwu would make a lot of sense for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I don't think Atlanta gets him. They've got Clint Capella. It seems like that's someone that they would hold on to. I, d- I don't know if that would completely deter them. Like I, I'd, I'd be a little worried about Atlanta. And then there you have Detroit at seven. I think there'd be a shot that he would last there, but you're right. I think five Cleveland would scare me to death. If, if I was zeroing in on a Kongwu because I couldn't get Wiseman or Edwards, then five at, at Cleveland at five would scare me more than any other team. I think you're also not factoring in how badly that the Wizards won a Kongwu. And I think a Kongwu at six, the warrior, the Wizards trading up to six is a legitimate possibility. I think all the yeah. centers would be gone by six. So yeah, I don't maybe. think you can trade back. Um, yeah, maybe. They also, Hawks, by the way, you know, it, it, there are reports that. Uh, the Hawks have tremendous pressure from ownership to make the playoffs next mm-hmm. season. I wonder how that affects their draft day strategy because even the other bigs, I mean, they have Clint Capella and Dwayne Dedman and Dedman's on the books for the next two years. And so yep. I wonder and if that would a really make them, good contract too, by the way. Right. Like, so, you know, are, are the Hawks a team that's in play for Devin Vassell, someone that can come in and also defensively help you right away and be able to shoot the basketball as long as he forgot forever that new form video that we saw a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, I, I wonder if Devin Vassell is in play for them there. And then they, they would, I don't even, yeah, I don't think the Hawks would take a, a Kongwu now that I look at their roster a little bit more. So it'd be interesting to see real quickly. I do want to update everyone on the NBA and them uh, finally agreeing that they are going to play the NBA season on December 22nd. I think that is confirmed with the association, the players association and the NBA agreeing. Um, you know, I, I do think this benefits the Hornets. Nada, what do you think about this agreement coming in? I think it benefits the Hornets. I do think, like I said, like we said yesterday, the fact that it's going to be December 22nd, they'll have had eight months off. We're going to see some bad basketball. The, uh, the interesting part is that they're going to try to get fans in the suites and again, the sweet holders, there may be people going to sweets. As I put on Twitter, again, as someone that covers the game, yeah. I'm not sure when or where I'm when I'm going back, like to cover a game. I don't right. know why, because um, I am not entirely certain about that. 
Yeah. Um, so just, and I know we talked about it yesterday, but that had not been approved yet. That had not been finally uh, uh, voted on, but it was last night that the PA and the board of governors did agree that a December 22nd start date for a 72 game regular season would indeed happen. That comes in, of course, from Adrian Wojnarowski reporting that yesterday. So we'll see the NBA pretty soon. At least we get the NBA soon. It'll be nice mm-hmm. to be able to watch some basketball pretty quickly, but I do understand why the players might not want to do it. Um, and only might be incentivized to do it because of the financial compensation. So no small thing there. Um, December 22nd, that's the actual start date. Thanks again for joining us on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Always appreciate you guys checking in with us. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Also, thanks again to Built Go for supporting the show. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA, really any show on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a great weekend. Once again, we'll be back with you on Monday. 